Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Bragenta, and I'm the host of the Dr. Nurse Podcast, and I am so happy you decided to join me on today's episode. This podcast is a platform for nurses to share their journey as they made their way in the diverse field of nursing as either entrepreneurs, in academia, private practice, or even the corporate world. I think we should celebrate just how diverse the field of nursing is through mentoring one another with the stories of our careers. Nothing is too mundane because each journey is unique. This podcast will address exactly how to make the most of your career and maybe inspire you to make a change if you're looking for something different. I am motivated to see you live your best nursing life, and that looks different for everyone. Let's get started with today's guest. So today on the Dr. Nurse Podcast, I'm going to be chatting with Wendy Wiggs, a nurse entrepreneur. Wendy graduated from the Santa Fe College Nursing Program in 1985 and has worked in various areas of nursing for 25 years before acquiring her bachelor's and her master's degrees in nursing from the University of South Florida. As a nurse practitioner, Wendy has experience in urology, gynecology, family practice, and orthopedics. Wendy has a desire to deliver excellent patient care to help her patients achieve optimal health as naturally as possible. This is what has driven her passion to excel in the practice of regenerative medicine. She's married to the Santa Fe baseball coach, Johnny Wiggs, and has three daughters, Brittany, Ashley, and Jenna. Wendy enjoys being physically active and competing in triathlons. I really can't wait for you guys to hear my conversation with Wendy. Here we go. Oh, again, welcome, Wendy, to the Dr. Nurse Podcast, and I'm so glad to have you here to chat with me today. Um, so I would like to go ahead and get started kind of from the standpoint of your history and start of your professional career. Uh, why did you originally choose the field of nursing? Um, I think it was uh, a field that my dad and my stepmom kind of saw natural ability. Um, I, when I would do science projects, they would be about you know, blood pressures on an inversion table. I've always picked out really uh, interesting, complex things. My dad was an endodontist and an oral pathologist. So, you know, I think he's, you know, pushed me a lot to strive in science. And I just kind of um, fell into that area very easily and um, loved doing science projects. So I think it just came naturally. Um, and so, yeah, that became my passion in life. You know, it's funny, like nursing is definitely one of those areas that I think you have to be called to just because the science of caring for others really requires, I think for you to step back from yourself, it's a very selfless field. So it's definitely something that I think you can tell when somebody has been called to the field of nursing. So I hear you on that. Just kind of a natural ability towards the field is something that I think um, a lot of nurses share. I see that there were some years from 1985 until when you pursued your bachelor's degree. What sparked you going back for more education? I think it was a conversation I had with my mother-in-law one day on her porch. And, you know, I just was doing um, research nursing, actually, at the time in Lakeland. And um, I saw a nurse practitioner in, in her role in research. She really, I think, was very autonomous. And that's one thing I loved about research is, you know, those patients, they became really close to us. I did research in malignant melanoma and advanced breast cancer, stage four colon cancer, and I think just watching that nurse practitioner and her role 
and then really enjoying that role of of bringing patients all the way through a study. You're basically kind of in charge of their care. I think that's kind of what started to drive me into more autonomous nursing practice. And I think, you know, after 25 years being in the field, working inpatient and outpatient, I just knew that I wanted more. So I wasn't getting any younger. I actually had three kids when I went back to school and and I still work full time until the last year when I really wanted just to finish up. But yeah, I think I think it was really having positive role models in the field of a nurse practitioner and the fact that we can work autonomously. I felt like I had had enough experience under my belt to be able to do that. Do you feel like the track that you took is what allowed you to be who you are now? Absolutely. I think the track that I took allowed me to do what I'm doing now. I think the experience, every job that I had gave me really valuable experience to put me where I'm at today. I mean, it's so obvious when I look back, like when I was working in dermatology and now I see, you know, one of my patients and I see a lesion, uh, I pretty much know what that is or know if it Mm. needs to be biopsied or not. I think without having a lot of that clinical experience, I wouldn't be as confident in my practice that I am today. And I really know my limitations. If it's something that I feel like I can't handle, I also don't hesitate to refer them out. And I think that just comes with years of experience. When I first graduated from school, there was a lot of girls that were going straight through to get their master's and their doctorate. And I, I took a little bit of a of time. I didn't go directly straight through. And I agree with you. I think that time in practicing, seeing different things, it does kind of give you more of an idea of what you want for possibly like a long-term career. And I think it, it all, nursing is a journey. So it's like, let's take, let's, let's, it doesn't have to be immediate all now, go get your education. It can take you a little bit and you can still get to a, a really cool place. Now that we understand kind of your history and kind of how you got started in nursing, how did you, let's just kind of dive into like starting of your business. Um, when, like why and how did you choose to own your own business? What was the kind of the motivation or passion, mission for your work? I think um, having control of your own schedule, um, that was something that I felt uh, was important to me. Um, instead of just kind of punching the clock and working, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to five, I'm just more the type of person is I like to get in there, work hard. And then if I finish by three, I want to be able to leave at three. And um, that was one of the motivating factors. The other was really being able to treat patients the way I felt like they needed to be treated. Unfortunately, I think because of insurance, providers now are having to see patients in such a short amount of time, maybe 15 minutes is basically what's allowed. And Sometimes they're even double booked. And I think that that really was one of the other driving factors. It's I really like to spend as much time as I feel like is needed with that particular patient during that visit. Mainly like in gynecology, I started doing some um, primary care for the women that I was taking care of in gynecology. And I also ran like a weight loss program. And I think that, you know, the doctors at the time were wanting me to see, you know, 25 patients a day like they do, but Mm. my role was different. And, you know, if you have a woman that's crying in your office, um, Mm. I don't think you can just say, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to schedule another visit. (laughs) I don't have enough time or I'm going to get so backed up. I'm going to have to be 
making it up all day. And so that was something else. I just started to really see that I didn't want to be dictated on, you know, how much time I could spend with my patients. That that probably was it. So I left my full-time job and took two part-time jobs to try to figure out what I wanted to do. Things that stick out to me really huge with what you just said was patient-centered care and then having your own schedule are kind of the two major take-homes I'm hearing from that, which are incredible things to be able to do. Because you're right, whenever you have a patient in your office that's upset and or even is just wanting to talk about something that you're like, listen, I've only got 15 minutes and they have something that's heavier than that, it does feel awful to be like, all right, I got to go. Like, I just can't be in here. What you're describing is just like what everybody wants. Who doesn't want a provider that's going to take time to, to talk to them? Were you scared starting your own business? And what gave you the confidence to go, I can do that? Well, it's funny. I read a book by Jen Sincero, You're a Badass. <laughs> it, it's realizing your, your full potential. And it's, it's, a really, it's a really great book if you ever want to. I loved listening to audiobooks. So on audio, she's pretty funny. I think you get to a point where you ask yourself, if I don't do this, you know, am I going to regret it for the rest of my life? And, and the answer for me was yes. I felt like I could always get another job. You know, if this failed, what's the worst thing that could happen? Also, I felt like if I never tried it, I would never know if I could be successful. And I also think it's important to know that a lot of successful people had a lot of failures too along the way. Like it's not always going to be successful your first time out. Although I've been blessed so far. <laughs> um, we have been successful, but I was willing to take that risk. It's taken you how long from when you decided from that time that you'd quit your job, your full-time job, you took a part-time job, two part-time jobs. How long did it take you from there to start your business? Probably about three years, actually. Okay. So it and took I, you three years to get it started. Right. I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go, honestly. So I didn't have a, a clear vision. And I think that's what that three years gave me was to try to figure out, you know, what do I want to offer people that, that they don't have right now? And that became pretty clear to me when I was working both jobs. So again, I felt like it was a blessing to have a primary care position. I worked part-time with Dr. Robert Ashley, who's been in family practice for over 35 years in Gainesville. Um, so he's, wow. he's always been a really great mentor for me. And then I was also doing joint injections for osteoarthritis of the knees for a chiropractor. And it, it was actually a blend of those two positions that really led me to the vision of, you know, how can we offer people treatment options, natural treatment options for joint pain? So an example was I, 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 the injections I was doing for osteoarthritis of the knees was for Medicare patients primarily using hyaluronic acid. And I would do probably 12 to 14 injections a day. So I got pretty good using fluoroscope. And so my confidence level got pretty high doing those treatments. And um, But I would have my gynecology patients that followed me to primary care. They would come in and you know have bilateral knee pain but they're in their 40s. So those aren't good candidates for hyaluronic acid. Their problem isn't bone on bone. Their problem is probably mild to moderate arthritis, maybe some ligament um, or tendon strain. And so I, I thought, wow, you know, I'm going to refer them back over to me 
And I learned about Play the Rich Plasma at a conference in Orlando. And I said, I'm going to start a program within the chiropractor's office of doing PRP for the knees. And so I started that program. And it probably was about a year in when I realized I'm doing all the work. I'm the one that's, oh my gosh. you know, I researched it. I started the program, but the chiropractor was actually, you know, benefiting from that financially. Um, yeah. And I, you know, didn't make any extra money based on that. Not that it's all about the money, but I started to realize like I really didn't need him to do what I was doing. And that's how you knew you had the right idea. Like, And the patients were getting better. So my patients, I would follow them because they're my primary care patient. And their knee pain would be completely gone. And I just thought, wow, what, a, what an amazing thing. And I still see that particular patient today. So that probably five years ago, <laughs> four or five years ago. Wow. And she's still doing great. Uh, she's actually I've treated her shoulder since then with PRP. Um, so I think I have a lot of long-term history on these treatments and seeing how people got better. And it was a, it was a niche. So nobody else is really doing that. And so that's mm -hmm. what kind of started to drive this vision for this practice. That's really cool. It's almost kind of like, have you heard that saying, like master of of like jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> yes. It's almost kind of like as you've learned all these different things that you were able to do and get good at it, who's to say, you know, whatever level of mastery you had of it, but you still learned all these like different elements in the nursing field and in medicine, you were able to kind of carve out your own niche, which you wouldn't have done if you hadn't got the experience doing a lot of different things and kind of figuring out what was missing from the scene. Like, okay, this is what's missing. Some place where somebody can go and get all of these things done at once, right? Absolutely. I don't know. And I, I, wanted, so, I wanted to be like an expert in the field of regenerative medicine. So basically regenerative medicine uses the body's own healing properties to heal and repair tissue. So no matter where you put it, whether it's in the face or in the joint or the scalp to help improve hair growth, it can make tissue and cells healthier. And I just like that whole concept. I remember coming out of nurse practitioner school saying, you know, I want to focus more on health and wellness than sickness and, mm. and disease. Like, let's get to the root problem. Like what, what's going on and how can we make a difference? And I think that is also one of the drivers from traditional medicine where, you know, we write so many scripts, you know, if somebody has depression or anxiety or they're not sleeping well, you know, it's a lot easier to write a script than it is sometimes to figure out, okay, is this a hormonal imbalance? Let's check your hormone levels. Let's see if we can help you um, get those optimized so you feel really good. So that's very rewarding in the field of nursing, I think, is to be able to take the time to look at the root cause, what's actually going on, and let's see if we can find a natural approach versus a pharmaceutical approach. That kind of actually is kind of spurring me to on where I want to take our conversation now, which is one throwback to our college of nursing days at the university of Florida, where they taught us about holistic medicine, looking at the whole person, not just focusing so much on disease, but also just focusing on the whole patient. And like you were describing that younger patients, you were like, it's not bone on bone, like that's going on in the joint. It's something else. And so kind of seeking out how to fix that thing that's appropriate for that age is really what nursing is about. We're not just looking at the issue of you have knee pain. It's like, okay, so how old are you? What's likely 
this cause of the knee pain? And then what's the best treatment that we can give you that's going to give you the longest, you know, the biggest bang for your buck? That's not just here, take a pill, get out the door. We don't have time. Like, I don't know. That just, that's really cool. I think that you're able to do that. So, okay. So explain to me, you kind of went into it a little bit, but regenerative medicine and what services you offer at your practice and the, I guess the, yeah, your job and responsibilities around that. So I think my goal was to really expand these play the rich plasma treatments for orthopedics. I did some training. Um, so before I even opened the practice, I actually did a lot of preparation in training with some of the top experts in the country who are doing platelet rich plasma treatments, whether it was for joints. So I actually learned how to do ultrasound guided joint injections, which I think really sets me apart from other providers that don't use ultrasound because we can be very specific and where we place the injections, which is really important if there's a specific tear in a specific location. And um, so I think the preparation for opening the practice was important. But we offer joint injections. And then I also did training for what's called the O-shot and the P-shot and vampire facial and facelift with Dr. Charles Reynolds. And he's in um, Fairhope, Alabama. And these are trademark procedures. Since I had experience in urology and gynecology, the P-Shot, No-Shot, which you can go to my website and learn about those. It's prpregen.com. But, you know, those basically help sexual health and wellness. And again, we know that as people are in relationships long-term, you know, that that helping them maintain intimacy through improving sexual function is, is a really important part of health. And so I became pretty passionate about offering those treatments just hard to get the word out about them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But um, I also love doing some aesthetics. And um, so the vampire facial uses platelet-rich plasma and microneedling on the face to improve skin health, tone and texture. It also helps to treat acne scarring, um, which can be, you know, really important for somebody's self-image. If we can help them. Exactly. We help them feel better. Um, I had a nurse at, at the hospital that I had treated her with the vampire facial for acne. And, you know, she said she finally, you know, felt more confident about, um, you know, being her, in her role as a nurse and um, people even commented in her skin. And so I think it's not just about, you know, offering Botox uh, for wrinkles, which I do, but I think that's also um, something that, makes people feel good. And I think sort of the premise of our practice is help people look and feel their best. And so we offer the platelet-rich plasma treatments. And then I also offer the um, uh, uh, several different treatment options for joint pain. So not just PRP, but actually using something called placental tissue matrix, um, which is pretty amazing product. And really increases the speed of healing um, for people that have kind of moderate to severe arthritis or tendon tears. And then um, I used to offer hair growth treatments with PRP, but I've kind of dropped that. It's very time Mm. consuming and really difficult for people to see the benefit of that. So I sort of dropped that, that from my arsenal. And then one of the biggest things I think that we've started offering is um, hormone management for men and women using bioidentical um, pellet therapy. 
And uh, that is something that Ooh, I found. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's been really, really, really uh, life changing for many of my patients. And I went to a meeting um, with the American Academy of um, Osteopathic Medicine to learn how to do prolotherapy, which is another joint treatment or tendon treatment. And one of the providers there said, are your patients doing hormones? And I said, no. You know, my background in gynecology, I'd done hormones for years, but not necessarily using pellets. And at this meeting, you know, I met a DO, a doctor of osteopathic medicine, and they're awesome to train with and work with. And yeah, she's like, when do you have to do these hormones? They're amazing. <laughs> and so as soon as I got back from that meeting, I looked up the rep and come to find out there's already, you know, um, a majority of gynecologists that were offering this treatments through BioT, B-I-O-T-E. And I think as a nurse practitioner, um, training with physicians on this uh, procedure, which is a little office procedure, which, you know, I'm pretty comfortable doing procedures in my office. So that was nothing. Mm -hmm. And then managing their hormones and helping people really um, improve their quality of sleep and their energy and their sex drive. And so it, it's been amazing for my practice. And it really is something that I think helped get us through um, some of the difficult time through COVID. Because I was thinking, you know, kind of staying up to date on this late on these latest treatment options has got to be a constant way of keeping your business relevant and kind of cutting edge so that you can offer these services. How do you, how do you stay up to date on these cert, like these latest things that are coming out in regenerative medicine? I think going to meetings is crucial. So I went to a regenerative medicine meeting out in Arizona right before COVID kind of shut everything down. And it was amazing because you're in a room with people that think and believe like you do. It's very inspiring. Um, we learned a lot about peptides, um, what peptides the FDA is going to allow and what, which ones they're not. You know, I learned about human growth hormone. And so it helps me try to decide, like, what am I going to bring into the practice? Um, and one of the other things, Sandra, that's difficult is trying to stay focused on your one thing. So there is a book out there, it's called The One Thing. And I think as nurse practitioners, we want to help everybody in every area. And mm -hmm. that was something I learned early in practice, not early, probably three years into practice, um, is that I can't offer everything. I was just running myself crazy. Um, you know, I was doing a Botox treatment and then IV nutritional therapy in another room and then a joint injection and then uh, maybe a hair treatment. And I just found like, I really need to pare things down to about three main things I want to offer. Um, wow. So I think, you know, reining that back in was important because you do go to these meetings where you learn a lot about what's coming in the pipeline, but then you have to decide, does that fit what I want to offer? Um, and so I guess that's a growing point for me as a business owner is trying to rein it back in and stay focused. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's so funny that uh, as you're, as you're saying, how did this help with COVID? You said specifically this helped with COVID. How? I think as a business owner, number one, you know, a lot of people got shut down. 
um, the aesthetics portion of our um, practice got shut down, which was fine because we still had medically necessary treatments um, that people were willing to come to us for. Um, and we felt like we're really important for their health and well-being. When you manage people's hormones, um, this is a procedure that women get every three to four months and men get every five to six months. And um, it really has been shown to improve mood. So I think there was a lot of anxiety and depression going on mm -hmm. with COVID and still is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever we can do to optimize people's mood and well-being, I think was really important. Also, you know, quality of sleep with the hormones is really good. Um, and so that's really important, as you know, for healing the body and repairing and, and improving the immune system. So that became um, something that helped us get through, number one, still taking care of our patients, but also being able to sustain financially through um, kind of that difficult turn. And um, we also did joint injections because I feel like, you know, it's inhumane to leave people in pain, you know, yeah. if they're willing yeah. to come, then I was willing to treat them. And, yeah. and so pain to me was something else that was considered medically necessary. And um, I think that gave me agree. a lot of confidence because we are, we're not cash-based. I mean, we take credit cards. When I say cash-based, people always think, oh, you don't take credit cards. We just don't bill insurance. So I was always, as a business owner, a little bit nervous about what would happen if the economy tanks. You know, would people still be willing to pay for these type of services? And I think the answer is yes. Wow. That's, that's huge. It Man, is that's huge. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And like, I guess kind of going on to the next vein of where I wanted to go is about the business building. And as you kind of touched on a lot of the questions that I had, but what were some of your approaches to marketing? I mean, what have you, I, I remember when I originally first saw you going into your own business, I was like, oh, she's doing her own thing. Like you just kind of went off and I <laughs> kind of saw it just from a, you know, a Facebook stalking standpoint. I was like, oh man, like she's doing her own thing. And I was kind of wondering, like, I think I've seen, you know, I've, I follow you on like your Facebook page and that's, I see how you like, you know, you would post stuff on there. What else did you do for marketing? Yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I will tell you that my best marketing is word of mouth and, mm. um, and then Google, the thing that's worth the return is, is referrals, um, from, uh, my patients, but also I do a lot of talks in the community, um, with physical therapists and chiropractors, people that I think, um, would be good referral sources for us. And so I think that that has been huge um, for my patients. They do get a $25 gift card if they refer somebody and they get treatment. And that's just a little thank you from us. And yeah. um, they don't do it for the $25. I know that. But they like that. <laughs> they like, oh, I got my little you know, referral gift card. Can I use that today? And, um, yeah. and, and we also do a birthday um, $50 gift card for their birthdays. So we try to really make our patients feel like, um, you know, we couldn't be doing what we're doing without them. And, yeah. and then SEO optimization is something I've learned about 
um, over time. And I have somebody that's working specifically on that because platelet-rich plasma, a lot of people don't even know what that is. So mm. it's hard to market it. But people yeah. that are looking for it, if you have your uh, website optimized and they search PRP Gainesville, you know, we want to be the first people that come up. And I think pretty much we are. So Yes, you are. So you good. Are. Oh, yay. But that all, comes, <laughs> that all comes in the back end, you know. Um, so I don't think you have to spend a ton of money in advertising. And I've actually shut down um, all marketing right now. Um just because I feel like that's what I want to do. And so that's what we're doing. Whenever you got originally started, did you have buyers into your business? Did you finance this yourself? Um, did you tell your husband, listen, we're putting the house on the market? Like, what'd you do to get started? <laughs> well, you, you talked about being scared. My husband was very, very nervous about me leaving my secure job and, and, um, yeah. and taking this on. Um, but luckily, you know, we've been married almost 30 years in January. And um, so he he was supportive. Um, my brother-in-law has always been really um, an important per person in my life. I've been very close to him. Um, and of course, my sister as well. But financially, I asked him if he would loan us uh, $60,000 to start this business and he could be um, you know, my business partner on that. And, wow. and he said, yes. And I, I just couldn't, you know, in that book, Jen Sincero, I mentioned that, but that, she does talk about that. She's like, just find a way to get, you know, whatever you need, whatever you think it's going to take to get started, just find, find a way to get that. And I knew that he might be interested in helping me. And so, um, I've been indebted to him. I am paying him back now. I have actually, and the sole owner and um, so I bought him out and, and I'm paying him back, but honestly, we've just been blessed because I remember only seeing two or three patients a day when I first started. And I think that would be another advice I'd give people starting out is, you know, start really small. I mean, it was just myself and my office manager, who is my friend, Natalie. Uh, we were it. I mean, we had this little office in Hale and, um, you know, when, we were done seeing our three patients, we would go home, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I was, I didn't have this big payroll is what I'm trying to say where, yeah, you know, I've been really blessed with the employees that I have that if we don't have patients that I can ask them to maybe stay home or work a half a day. And I think having that flexibility financially um, helped us be successful because I think the worst thing you could do is get a giant office, have a big payroll, and then just not have the patients coming in. You have to take the time to build that. Now I see about, I don't know, 10 patients a day, 10 to 12. Um, and, you know, some of my procedures take an hour and a half. So that's still a busy day for me. And, yeah. um, you know, I throw some Botox in there and, um, you know, new patient consults, which I usually spend an hour. So the day is is pretty busy. Um but, uh, and I just hired on a new nurse practitioner. So that was scary. Hiring on new staff is more responsibility. Um, it's a financial commitment. And so I think you really have to set the foundation to make sure you've got the patient load and interest in what you're doing to help, you know, bring on more people. So 
I, of course, I did not pay myself <laughs> like I would have paid a nurse practitioner or somebody else to do what I did. And I think that made it financially feasible too. So in total, how many employees do you have now? So right now I have um, four, including myself. So I have Natalie, and then I just hired a nurse practitioner, myself, and then- Is she full-time? Is she full-time? No, she is three days a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So about 27 hours. Okay. um, And that works great for her but she's willing to work more if I need her or less if I need her. So again, I think um, one of the things I'm also learning is finding the right fit, you know, the right person um, for the right job. There's a book called Traction uh, that I'm part of a um, Christian leadership group uh, that meets once a month. And so I learned from other business leaders in Gainesville, you know, um, you know, how are you running your business and, you know, what's making the biggest impact? Even if we don't do the same business, you still can learn from other business leaders about, you know, running a business. I would say that's yeah. probably the hardest part of my job, not doing the treatments or the procedures. It's running the business. And um, so, yeah, I can <laughs> I could go on and on about that. <laughs> Well, and you kind of you kind of told me a little bit about it when we were chatting before the podcast that your your mentor had said just because you're good at what you do doesn't mean that you're going to be a good business owner. So it's like, okay, so not only did you spend those years learning all the different parts of nursing, finding this niche, dug, digging out a tunnel for yourself, right, where you found this little area of patients that needed to kind of have this regenerative medicine offered, you found this niche, you then, uh, you know, procure the skills, and then you get the courage to leap out on your own. And now you're learning, okay, wait a minute, it's not just about the skills that I've learned, I've now got to go be a business owner. And I've got to learn how to do business, which is a whole nother area that's completely separate from nursing but it's totally weaved into nursing. And I just, I think that is incredible to watch this journey that you've been on to get here. And so what do you think, and kind of, it probably touched on this a little bit, so it might be a little bit redundant, but what have you found is kind of the overarching thing to say, whenever I look at a good business owner, I think of this, or I see this picture in my brain? What, what does that look like for you? I think you have to be a good leader. Um, if you're not a good leader, people are not going to want to follow your vision. Um, and I would say that's what's different about our practice. We have a vision. We have a vision to bring natural treatment options for people, to give them options, you know, as far as for instance, for joint pain, you know, usually it's a steroid injection, physical therapy, you know, rice, um, you know, uh, surgery. And so I think, you know, we are passionate about really making a difference in people's lives. Um, and everybody on my team has that same vision. And I, I don't think it mattered, honestly, what I pay them. 
it's because they have the same calling that I do that we mm. are successful. I think if you have, if, if people aren't willing to follow you and are not on board with your vision, then I just don't think that the practice is going to work. Mm. Very good. And how do you think nursing has helped you learn how to lead? I think by watching managers and bosses that I've had over the years that were terrible at leading, <laughs> terrible <laughs> managers. Um, yes. You know, I've had some really hard, tough bosses um, that have made me cry. And I just never wanted to be like that. And I think that was also one of the benefits of having your own practice is you can be a great leader, but it does take um, education in that area. And I don't know that we necessarily get that in mm. nurse practitioner school, um, maybe in the doctorate program, because I know you have your doctorate, but I don't. Um, but it really is something you have to, some people are born leaders, but some people are not. But I think you could learn to be a good leader. And so that's where leadership groups come in. Um, I listen to a ton of books and um, I just try to soak up as much knowledge as I can in that area. How many books do you read a, like a week or a month, <laughs> would you say? Um, I'm trying to do two a month. And, wow. Um, I'm kind of an ADHD reader. I have like two or three books at one time I'm doing. So um, <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to, to stay focused. But I think you know, finding the time and that's where bringing on another nurse, nurse practitioner is going to allow me to grow this practice. Um, we're actually moving, which is a complete um, blessing that um, we were able to get some funding through COVID to help us grow as a business. And wow. we would not be able to do what we're doing now without that funding um, through the SBA, which is a small business association. So shout out to them for helping people like me be able to grow this practice during a pandemic. Um, wow. and so we're, we're really excited for the future and, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping that we continue to grow and reach as many people as possible that are looking for these type of treatments and really become known as experts in North central Florida at what we do. And it's really gratifying to see patients come all the way from Tallahassee, um, all the way from Vero Beach and West Palm wow, you wow. Know, to come see me for what we do. Wow. And that, you know, I, one of the questions I had was, what's your biggest success? And it sounds like that's your biggest success so far. Correct me if I'm wrong, is this, this new future that you're walking into. It sounds like this is, this is, this is winning. Like you're winning here. And it, I don't know, that's kind of what I'm, I'm hearing from you. It's very um, scary too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of sleepless nights making the decision to move because I signed an eight-year lease. So wow. we're in it for the long haul. And um, yeah, so. I think, I think you're going to be just <laughs> fine. <laughs> and, and then, so a couple, couple more questions. And I guess I, this is kind of all wrapped in one, but what would you say was your biggest mistake or failure? Something that you could look back and go, that one hurt. That one hurt a little bit. You know, like, was there anything that you experienced like that? 
Um, I, I thought a little bit about that and I think that, um, hiring the wrong people potentially, um, can be a mistake. Um, and then hiring friends, I think is hard. So initially when I started out, um, uh, you know, my friends were willing to come help me and, and then it became hard to be their boss sometimes, you know, it's hard to be a friend and a boss. Mm -hmm. I would say in the future, um, I actually have somebody that's helping me hire staff. Um, so she does, she's like a headhunter, but she's also part of our, my leadership organization. So she really understands, um, the personality and the core values that we have as a company. And mm. so she's able to find like the right people, um, that are going to be a good fit for us. And I think that's crucial. Uh, so the biggest mistake is maybe hiring the wrong people. Um, mm. And not that I've had anybody that's been necessarily wrong. I just meant that we got to make sure that everybody's um, willing to um, ride the bus with us, if you so to speak, you know, and work as many hours that need to be worked to get the job done. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest thing that, that I would say moving forward, I'm going to always have somebody, even though it's expensive to hire somebody to help you hire people, it's yeah. just, you can lose so much time yeah. and effort and money if it's the wrong person. Mm, that's really good. Man, so, so many nuggets, so many <laughs> nuggets, Wendy, oh, man. And so the other, so Another question that I had, and this is kind of for future goal planning, and we're hearing that like you're moving into your new building. When does that happen, the, the move? Yeah, the end of December. So we're hoping to start uh, January uh, 2021 in our new space. And for eight years. So in the next five years, where do you see your business? Next 10 years, where do you see your business? Just, just throw out like just some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that we're, we're going to be expanding other locations. I really just want to build this particular practice up. We have um, four treatment rooms, and um, I think that's plenty. Uh, if we expand, it would be um, opening up on Saturdays, potentially. Um, so I see us offering that in the future. Um, I like to do after hours as well, because I think it's important for working people. Um, so Saturday appointments, so maybe expanding more like that over the next five years. Um, and um, we are probably going to be looking for another nurse practitioner in aesthetics in the future. Um, because right now that's, that's kind of my job and responsibility is aesthetics and orthopedics. So we have our practice broken down into three main areas. Um, aesthetics, orthopedics, and then hormone management and health and wellness. So that would include gynecology exams. So that's the nur nurse practitioner I just hired. That's what her job is going to be is to run the hormone and health and wellness program for our office. Mm -hmm. So I like wow. the fact that people have a very specific goal. Um, and so my job would be, you know, to help her rise to her potential there. And then 
hopefully she will exceed, you know, in that area. Um, right now it's almost too much for me to handle. I have over 95 patients in that program right now. That doesn't include all the joint injections and aesthetic procedures I do. So I'm just really tapped out and <laughs> definitely hiring yeah. more staff is going to be our five-year plan. And I think this new space will allow us to do that. And I couldn't have made these decisions without Anthony. Um, he's my CFO that I work with. I, I've never actually met him, but we do everything on the phone. And, um, you know, he's given me the confidence to say, you know, Wendy, what you're doing is working, but you cannot grow without number one, moving space and number two, hiring more staff. And so it's nice to kind of get that green light <laughs> from a financial officer um, to say, okay, these are my books for the last three years. You know, what do you think? And, and I think just hiring people like that um, to help you make decisions because you don't, I don't have, I don't have all that knowledge. You know, I, I'm not a business major. Um, so I think that's really important for the future. So we have not yeah. set our actual financial five-year goals or 10-year goals, but my goal is to work uh, at least eight to 10 more years. <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't know if you know, my daughter, um, my middle daughter, Ashley, she's actually she's a, a nurse, right? Yeah, so she's over at Shands. She works in the vascular thoracic ICU. So, uh, you know, hopefully one day she'll want to take over the practice and I'll already have people in place that are, are used to doing, you know, the job and they'll, they'll want to keep, keep working long past me. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you're planning on retiring at some point. Yeah. I'm 55. Just... So, you know, 10 years, I, I would hope to be able to re step back. Um, and let somebody else run it. <laughs> yeah, good for you. That's really cool. And you know, one of the things, Wendy, that I, I really liked about how you've talked so well about people, other MDs, DOs that you've trained with, I think there's this culture where nurse practitioners are almost set as rivals against MDs or DOs in different areas and fields. And hearing you talk, I just think, See, there's enough of the pie for all of us. We are not at odds with one another. We do not need to be fighting over this. There's enough work for all of us. And hearing you talk about being in collaboration with these docs and other nurse practitioners is, I think, really inspiring for other nurses and nurse practitioners to hear that we are not in war with other professions. We are all, we are all working for the same goal, which is patient care, getting people access to care. We want to make a living. Yes. But that really is like our goal. And so I really like that you, that your mindset is on that. It's something that I really am admiring from our conversation today. So thank you for just being yourself and that being <laughs> part of who you are. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I do so. think it's important to maintain those relationships and do everything in your power to um, educate, educate them about what you're doing and, you know, not being afraid to ask their opinion. Like, what do you think about this? Um, I work pretty closely with some doctors at Shein's orthopedic doctors that they know me and I know them and we have mutual respect for each other. And I think nurse practitioners have come a long way because um, I don't think it was always the case. 
Um, but I think the more that you ask, you know, for suggestions and um, what do you think about this and, um, and referring to them, you know, I think setting up a referral network uh, with other providers um, that you, ex you know, respect and admire, I think is key. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I really, I think that's, that's huge. Um, all right. So the final part is our rapid fire questions, which you were like, you, I gave you a little bit of prep on these, but not all of them. So some of them are going to be kind of funny, but also like, you know, just a little thing that we're going to do on the show. So, um, what is the last great TV show that you watched? Um, could it be Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's the Queens. Is it Gimlet? Oh yeah. The, the chest. It was about the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Gimlet, Gimlet. Yes. That. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard yeah. A lot that about was really that cool. I, I, Very. Again, empowering women, which was kind of cool. Um, she was really an expert at what she did, uh, which was playing chess. And I, I loved it. Awesome. And how do you, and I think you kind of touched on this, but you stay connected to the community. And I heard you say earlier in the podcast that you go out and do like seminars for the community. Is that true? Like, can you describe that a little bit? Uh, I would love to do community seminars, um, but mainly it's with providers. So chiropractors and physical therapists kind of educating them about what we do. Um, but yes, I, you know, I think that's one of the beauties of nursing is we love to educate. We love to, um, talk to people and we're comfortable talking to people. And, uh, so yeah, I'd love to do that. <laughs> and what self-care goal do you prioritize? I would say exercise. Um, you know, I, I think, um, having the drive and the ability to do a, a full Ironman last year. That, Ooh, that was in the midst huge. of trying to run a, run a practice. <laughs> wow. uh, I don't know. I think setting goals for yourself, whatever they are, um, for me, they're usually um, health-oriented goals like exercising um, is really important. And last one, what advice do you have for any NPs or RNs that are thinking about starting their own business? I think definitely... Um, getting involved with a leadership group and having um, uh, maybe a business coach beforehand. So I worked with a business coach and he always told me I sort of put the cart before the horse. <laughs> mm. uh, would have been better to probably, um, you know, have things uh, laid out a little bit better um, as far as um, structure and plan and things like that. Um, I just sort of jumped into it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Preparation. You know, I work with surgeons and so they always say preparations is like 90% of the surgery, like having the right stuff on the table, being ready for the type of surgery you're going to do all the stuff to be prepared. And then they're like the last five to 10% of it is the prep like, or like mm -hmm. actually doing it. Sorry. It's actually like doing the procedure. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. The prep is, is the big part. So thank you again for the interview, Wendy. It has been awesome talking to you. Um, I'm just, 
astounded at how incredible, as you said, badass you are. Um, <laughs> you really are incredible. Um, so thank you. I've enjoyed this conversation. And I would like to go ahead and give you an opportunity where people can find you if they're interested in your services. Um, I got the P-R-P-R-E-N-G-R-E-G-E-N.com. I'll put that in our show notes. So if people want to go there, they can find um, your practice and kind of look you up. Um, or if there's anything else you wanted to kind of share about your practice, give you opportunity to do that. Yeah. I think our website is, is, you know, I've spent a lot of time and energy. We have, um, videos on there, um, that go through our procedures. So it's just like doing a consult with me. Um, so that is probably the most accurate information. Um, so like you said, you can Google us through, um, PRP regeneration specialist, or you can do prpregen.com. Yep. And you've got a bunch of reviews and you're currently five stars on Google. So you're doing something right. So <laughs> keep it up. You really are. Thank you. And, uh, again, thank you for tuning into the Dr. Nurse podcast. Please subscribe, leave a glowing review or share the show. We are on Instagram and Facebook. So please reach out to join the online community and get free resources. Uh, check out the show notes for more information on Wendy's business and reach out the Dr. Nurse podcast for interviews. Uh, thank you for listening. Well, we're at the end of our time together. I hope you enjoyed the chat. The Dr. Nurse podcast is on Instagram, so please follow us there for any updates on new podcasts and some information to follow up on the podcast. Please leave a comment down below if you like this podcast or if you have another great idea for a topic you want to hear in the future. Thanks for listening. And just a reminder, the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only, and the information should not be used and substitute for professional medical care by a provider. The information in this podcast does not represent medical or professional advice or services. Thanks for listening.